Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Power Hour on a Friday. P.J. Glasser filling in for Nick Costos today alongside Ken Barkley. I'll be back on Monday and Tuesday alongside Ken here. You better, you bet. Presented by BetMGM. So we will be back on a Monday, Tuesday. Looking forward to Ken finding all that info on the conference tournaments. That'll be yeah. a lot of fun. Love a, good, Monday, love a good research nope. project. Love a good research That'll be project. a good conversation. Looking forward to that. Uh, over the next hour, no longer on stadium, but you can still watch us on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. And, of course, we're still streaming live on the BetQL Network, YouTube, uh, backslash, YouTube.com backslash Odyssey Sports, Twitch.tv slash BetQL. And you can listen to us for free on the Odyssey app. So, Ken, as we wrap up our time in DGen Corner and head over to Moron Island, your lasting thoughts on this region. I like TCU personally. I think this, again, we wow. know Purdue a big price. last yeah, would be a big price on TCU. It certainly would. The last couple of years, I just feel like these kind of regions where you can make a case for like five or six different teams, I think it'd be one of those regions where a lot of chaos is going to ensue. Um I, I think taking a stab with one of these higher-seeded teams could be the way to go. And the one that sticks out to me the most, like possibly like Wake Forest could maybe be intriguing. I, I, I like them. Look, Princeton was a Sweet 16 team last year. They return a lot back. Um, I mean, beating Kentucky and then potentially Creighton would be a tough task. But I, I like TCU. They would be my pick. I, I think we would get some chaos in one of these regions. I think this would be the one. So I like TCU. How about yourself? Uh, yeah, it's funny. We have Butler's the 11 on our graphic there, which I think maybe they were last last week or something. But I was like, wait, Wake Forest? Like they're, oh yeah, they're in this. Um, so just for people watching, that's what's going on there. And Mike has like, I I didn't, like I'm not throwing him under the bus there, but I kind of am. He has done like an awesome job with these brackets. Like if you... Like if you've been consuming the show visually, this is like a real treat to have this level of production value for like a segment that we're doing where it's like, oh, how about I just build uh, 90, 90 million things for you? And it's all looks perfect. And it's like, here are all the seats and stuff. So I gave Mike a hard time there just about like I saw Butler on the screen. I didn't know what was going on. But everything like Mike, Mike killed it. Mike did an awesome job on this stuff. And we'll Thank especially you. when we get to the actual NCAA tournament, we'll have like all the brackets ready. We're doing a show. Nick and I are doing selection Sunday night. 
as the brackets come out, Michael B scrambled like in his uh, in his office there, putting everything together as we get the bracket. Reminds me like I used to work at ESPN and I did the show one time right after like the bracket comes and you're just like your head's in a billion places. You're trying to think about the matchups for the first time. What graphics can we build? What? Oh, that second round game would be this, that kind of stuff. It's always really fun uh, in that region that Mike put on the screen. And Mike, like you could put it back up with Butler just so I can make a point. It's, it won't be about Butler. Um, I'm not going to overthink it on this one. This is a region that North Carolina would win. I think. I think this is the one that they would win, and I think they're the only one of this group that I have any confidence in. Purdue can win the region. There's nothing preventing them. It's just they're Purdue, and if I'm given a good price on someone else, then I'm not going to bet them. I'm going to bet somebody else. You've got the two final month hot teams facing each other in the four or five. I don't love Iowa State as a three talent wise and ceiling wise. So like I look at Carolina and I go like, what's what's stopping this? And I think FAU is like a big red herring this year. I think like you'll see them in that second round game. And be like maybe they can get an upset. Like maybe they'll go yeah. on a run. No, 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 Carolina. Like that's Carolina, I think the whole way. So this is a re- like if, if you're a Carolina fan or you, uh, I think some people actually bet them to win the title in the middle part of the season. I would be rooting for a draw like this. Uh, I think you got a three that you can beat that you're way more talented than. You got a really not scary, like six, seven. You got two small conference teams as your six, seven. So pretty low ceiling usually on those teams. And uh, and on the upper half, Kentucky, Creighton, and Purdue, maybe you get one of them. But uh, I would I would like Carolina uh, a lot in this draw. They would be my pick to win this region. All right, there you go. Ken's going with Carolina. I am going with TCU. Now as we move over to our final region, Moron Island, we have Houston as the number one seed. They would play the winner of Norfolk State and Merrimack in the 16. Mississippi State and Nebraska in the 8-9 with Mississippi State favored by two. Clemson, the five against South Florida, the 12 seed. San Diego State versus UC Irvine in the 4-13. BYU and Indiana State in the 6-11. Duke, and Charleston in the 314, Florida, New Mexico in the 710, Florida favored by two in that game. Marquette, the two against Eastern Washington, the 15. First thing that jumps out to me, Ken, is uh, I can't wait to see the totals in BYU, Indiana State, and Florida, New Mexico. Yeah. If those are the two games that we get, that would be awesome. Of all the regions that we have done, of all the different brackets, I think this draw for Houston is is fantastic for them. Fantastic. Because when we talked about two weeks ago, the kind of teams that can give Houston trouble, it's the teams that can hit threes. It's the teams that can score. And I, I mean, it's, it's the teams that aren't like afraid of them. It's not afraid of their physicality. And I look at these eight, nine games, like Mississippi State would be the eight seed that would absolutely be the perfect draw for Houston. Nebraska, same kind of, oh man, exactly. Same kind of thing. Uh, San Diego State, again, it's like, it's like in college football when teams go up against Bama and Georgia and they try to like out physical Bama and Georgia and like you try and beat them at their own game. That's what San Diego State would try and do to Houston. And although they're really good at that, like nobody's better than that than Houston. So I think that's a bad matchup. It's interesting in the bottom half of the region because of how lethal those offenses are when you're talking Duke. Florida, New Mexico, Marquette, BYU, some of these teams. It could potentially get intriguing in the Elite Eight, but, man, I think that's a great draw for Houston going to the Elite Eight. Um, And then the bottom half of the region is really interesting. We can get into some of those teams. My question, though, Ken, 
I teased it at the beginning of the show. We did not discuss this last time with Houston. I think it's something worth talking about. I think so many years with Gonzaga, even though they made it to eight straight Sweet Six teams, I think one of the things that really hurts them year after year after year is the conference that they play in, right? They aren't getting battle-tested on a nightly basis like a lot of these other teams are. The fact that Houston is now in the Big 12 and they're no longer in the American and they're playing good team after good team, night after night after night, we both agree, like this Houston team, it just kind of feels like the same thing. But then does that make them feel differently because they look like the same team going up against the Big 12 every single night? Um, We didn't talk about that last time, but I think it's interesting now with Houston being in the Big 12. So it's a great question. And I got, uh, I think a couple people tweeted that at us after the show uh, that we did a couple weeks ago. And like, I'm not going to have a great answer because we don't see this very often, right? Like Gonzaga all of a sudden last year, it's like, actually, we're off to the Pac-12 guys. See ya. It's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't really happen a whole lot. Team that like historically dominant run from a smaller school or from a smaller conference, and they upgrade in terms of the conference that they play in. Uh, you could certainly make a really compelling argument that the reason Houston's going to win this year is that they're more battle tested and they all, all year they're playing phenomenal level of competition. I don't have a counter to that. It's totally possible that that's going to happen. It's one of the reasons why, like, if Houston was playing in the American still, maybe you kick them a little bit easily. Like, well, sure, the stats look like this, but it's the Gonzaga argument. Like when, you know, push comes to shove in the second round, Elite Eight, whatever, I'm not going to think you're going to advance very far. I can't say that about Houston anymore. That can't be the knock. Um, it's just like, I don't, it's more I don't know than like, I think I'm a no. Whereas like, so like Gonzaga last year, right? Like I, I think I'm a no here. <laughs> like, I think you're not, I think you're not going to win the tournament. Gonzaga is a top seed. A lot of times I, I'm not going to bet this. I'm not. And like, I'm going to be pretty confident when I'm not going to bet this, that it's going to go well, that I, that I'm, I'm going to be right. That you're not going to make a deep run. Houston is a gray area team this year. UConn and Arizona, big conference teams, always big conference. Well, most of the time, big conference teams, UConn's been back and forth, but like big conference teams, UConn won last year. Arizona's in a power conference confident the level of competition has prepared the team appropriately Houston it's a maybe I mean that's why they're the third team for me and it's why I'm I kind of have them as like I I really would prefer to not bet them but like I can't dis I can't get rid of these guys I can't dismiss them no matter how much I want to no matter how much I'm like oh man you're gonna you're gonna shoot one for 30 from three in some game and somebody's gonna get you and I don't know who it's gonna be but we're gonna we can try to figure it out um this year you're absolutely right like if let's put it this way, revisionist history, right? If they won this year, the Tuesday after the championship game, it would be like, well, they finally played a level of competition all year that like prepared them. And that's why they were able to do it. And Kelvin Sampson finally like got there because this team was more battle tested than the other ones. That would be the case that would be made. Um, and I, yeah, so I can't dispute it. It's a great argument. It's a great pro Houston argument. And it's one of the reasons why they're a little different this year it's not that I'm like buying now, but I can't just kick them. I can't just sell. I can't just not bet. I have to just be aware of them, I guess, would be the right way to put it. Maybe not bet them entering the tournament. But like if UConn gets upset and Arizona gets upset and Houston gets a great draw and it's Sweet 16 and it's them and a bunch of teams I don't like, that's going to be the team I'm going to have to go with, you know, And depending on how these other teams shake out. So I, I hope it doesn't come to that. But uh, but yeah, that's why they're kind of the, they're that third team for me that's kind of in that gray area. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree because when we were talking last time, I mean, it just does feel like the same Houston. I don't know if they can beat a team in the tournament who scores 80 on their defense, but playing in the Big 12 and certainly is going to get them more ready this year than they have been in the last couple of years playing in the American Conference. Mississippi State is the eight in this region going up against Nebraska. I'll say one thing, Ken. Mississippi State is one of my favorite teams to bet on in college basketball because they are so matchup predicated. It's the same thing with St. Mary's. When these teams go up against teams that can't, well, Mississippi State especially, when they go up against teams that can really score, they always lose. And I love betting against them. They're 0-5 in SEC play this year against Kentucky, Bama, and Florida. And a lot of people lose to those two teams. But Mississippi State hasn't been able to beat any of them. They play Bama at home. They play Kentucky at home. Reed Shepard had that game winner. They can't beat them. So in Mississippi State, if they're playing against one of these nine seeds, um, obviously they wouldn't play Florida because they're in the SEC. But if they go up against like a Florida Atlantic, if they go up against, you know, a New Mexico, somebody who can really score, that that would be a tough matchup for uh, Mississippi State. So that's something to, to keep an eye on. St. Mary's, who I mentioned, they're kind of the opposite. They play at a really slow pace and are really good defensively. That when they go up against teams that can really score, they get them so out of whack. So if St. Mary's is like a six seed going up against an 11 or a potential three seed, it, like if they get Bama in a 3-6 game, I would love St. Mary's in a game like that. So just something to keep an eye on. Clemson, I think, is a really fascinating team, Ken, and potentially could be maybe another one of those teams that I, I look at to win a conference tournament. You talked last time how important non-conference is compared to, to conference schedule. And Clemson really challenged themselves in the non-conference, and they had some really good wins. Um, they were able to win at Bama, where nobody's been able to win this year in the SEC. They won at Tuscaloosa, also beat South Carolina. They beat Boise, they beat TCU, and they lost at Memphis by only two points. So Clemson, I know the ACC play has been a little shaky, but Man, in the non-conference, they were really good. They have one of the oldest teams in college basketball. They have a great one-two punch with their point guard in Joe Girard, who's a transfer from Syracuse. And they have one of the best big men in the ACC in P.J. Hall. So, you know, they're probably going to be in that 5-12 game and going up against a team like South Florida, who's won 19 of their last 20 games. Like, that could be a little bit tricky. But uh, Clemson is one of those teams that I kind of like where early on in the season, when they have a big win, everybody's like, ooh, this Clemson team I kind of like. They could maybe be a Final Four potential type sleeper team. Look out for them. And then we just kind of like all forget about them because conference play starts. We fall in love with these other teams. And we forget about how good Clemson looked early on in the season when those results are like really important. I mean, the fact that they won at Bama, they beat in TCU. Like these are all tournament teams that they beat. So, you know, I think Clemson could be an interesting team. Now, I don't think they could beat Houston. But uh, I, I certainly think that could be an interesting game going up against San Diego State in that in that five four um, that that I would watch out for. But with the right sure. draw, maybe Clemson can make some noise. I think uh, there are two teams in this region that I would just draw a circle around: Clemson and Florida. And depending on we talked about Florida two weeks ago as like I think I think the what were they like an eight or a nine or a ten? I think when we did the yeah. when we did it a couple of weeks ago, and I remember even saying like they're not going to be that when we get like we're going to have a different conversation about them when we get to the mm -hmm. tournament. Uh, 
them and Clemson are sort of in this perilous situation where they are like Alabama light, both of them. They're both like really heavy offense, really pretty rough defensive teams. Their raw defensive efficiencies are like getting close to that 150 magic number where you want to just hard fade from the jump on these teams, like paper tiger territory. So like uh, Florida's splits are... 21 162 so they're already there um just like something to keep in mind at clemson splits are i have them right here clemson splits are 26 133 offense defense so they're not quite there yet but gives you an idea of like the type of team we're dealing with here so my one note on this region and we could pick a winner maybe when we come back it's the only note i have really is just these would be two teams clemson the five and florida the seven like kind of in that first round upset territory uh just based solely mm. on a lack of defense similar to our alabama conversation earlier yeah could be like those teams like miami you just might have to survive your drake game and then maybe yeah. even go on a little bit of a run you know kind of thing so we'll see we'll wrap up this uh this region next give out some plays look ahead to saturday's slate tomorrow in college basketball during the power hour pj glass or ken bark we'll be right back with you better you bet presented by bet mgm <laughs> on the bet ql network Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley, You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. Couple segments left to go on the show, and then we'll send it off to Bet MGM tonight, which kicks off 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, Ken and I on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205. You can listen to us for free on the Odyssey app as well. If you want to listen, if you want to watch us, we are streaming on twitch.tv slash BeckQL and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. It's been a great show going through Locketology, our second edition. Gone through uh, all three of the regions so far. We have one left. Houston, the one seed in uh, in Moron Island over here, our final region. We discussed Clemson as an interesting team. Florida, I completely agree with you on as well. Really high ceiling for them. Really good guards. Uh, they they're deep with their. They play like four big men as well. So they're an intriguing team. Um, Duke, Marquette, BYU, can they appear to be very trendy, especially that win after Kansas, like. Either of those three teams on the bottom half of this region, do you think they could challenge Houston potentially at all? It's a good question. I think of the three, I guess it's close between like Marquette and Duke on the bottom for who would challenge them the most. I, I Marquette's a team that I've really had a hard time figuring out what to do with uh, when we get to the tournament. They Some days I, I look at all the numbers and I go, man, maybe they could, there won't be a winner for me. Uh, it doesn't mean they can't win. Just for me, I won't bet them like a winner. And some days I'm like, man, but they could like make the final four a lot. They're so good. Like they're just short of like winner status. And then I just kind of go back and forth. Like, are they ever going to be like, so like, what what would I do with a team like that? They're a two seed. They're going to be like the second or the third choice to win their region. The price isn't going to be very good. And I feel like I'm just going to have my hands in my pockets. I'm just gonna be like, nah, I'm good. Like I just, maybe they'll go win some games, but I feel like the price will never be good enough. They're just too highly rated. Duke is is pretty interesting and obviously the, the, most of the conversation with them the last week has been about court storming and not about yeah. like is this the profile of a team that's going to win the ncaa tournament they're kind of on this really funny knife edge of profile looks pretty good they're, they're 
really good at a lot of stuff. I'm like kind of interested. Uh, are they going to be the hot team late and everybody gets in- interested, which they're look, Kentucky has like taken that and run with it so far. And Duke had a court storming weird kind of controversy. So we're, we're not talking about Duke that way, but man, they like, they keep playing this way. They win the second game with Carolina. They go far in the ACC tournament that's what it's going to be. And, uh, and then the prices are going to be unbettable. And I don't know, I don't know which way I'm going to go on them from a talent standpoint and like an upside standpoint, I guess would be the right way to put it. They, they are like an interesting, like they're one of the few teams that can get to winner status probably by the end of the season that there, there aren't a lot. Like if it, if it's like, so here, here's a question I'd ask you. So in this region uh, I would pick Houston to win. But like I, if I, but if I had to pick someone else, I would probably pick Duke. My question yes. would be, if you, if you had to pick, and this, I, I'm good on the region. If you have anything else, if you had to pick a non-one to win the title, who would your first, like, if we had a draft of non-number one seeds in this projection, that who would you pick to win the championship? So you can't bet, you can't pick Purdue, you can't pick UConn, you can't pick Arizona, uh, and you can't pick Houston. Um, who would your first draft pick be? That's like that's like an impossible question for me right that now. That is, it's uh, a great one though. Duke, it's a great Duke one. would be. I I don't know if Duke would be the number one pick, but they might be, and that's why I bring it up. Who would your you get? How about I give you the first pick? Not a one seed drafting to win the national title. Who's the first pick? Duke would be my number two pick. My number one would be Tennessee. That'd be my number one. I think North Carolina would be my number one, but it would be really close. And you know, and I'll bring up another team that could be the number one by the end of the year. There's actually a chance Baylor would be my number one when we get to the end of the year for non-one yeah, seed. It's I, I it's like, like really weird how this this profile has changed for them. Like I have all their stuff up right now, and I go, yeah, like they're not there yet, but man, they're really close. <laughs> like they just. Some of the defensive numbers just have to get like a little bit better, not a lot better. It's like actually not that bad. They just have to get like a little bit better, and it's they're almost a winner. Then not there's like kind of nothing stopping that. And that is so I would I like that really surprises me. I don't think they're gonna win. Same. But if we're I think I think a one's gonna win. But if we're like non ones, man, like is. Yeah, like Baylor or North Carolina right now, and then maybe Duke. I guess that would be my order. I'll say North Carolina would be my number one pick right now, and then it would be close between Baylor and Duke who would want after that. I mean, look, they got Kansas at home tomorrow. Then they play Big Monday against Texas, quick turnaround, and then at Texas Tech to finish the season. So, I mean, you're not talking about three offensive juggernauts. They certainly could defend well in all three of those games, and those defensive numbers could get even better. Baylor might be another good pick for a conference tournament, Ken, in the Big 12. Now that I kind of think about it, like that's a team that I could kind of see start getting hot and playing really good. I'm with you, though. I I say Tennessee just because we know the defense would be there. Um, and yeah, I man, think you're hooked on this team. Some- this is going to end so di- badly for you. This is going to be this is going to be tough for you. This year, like you're hooked on Tennessee. Who gets hooked on Tennessee? They're like the easiest one to get away I from. I know better. Do. Yeah, I yeah. know better. I know better. I know. What about Marquette? I do like Duke. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't Marquette be the first pick for you? They'd be my next. They'd be like, like number four for me right now, probably. I don't like Kolick in big games. I, I've just watched it oh, enough, okay. I, and I like him a lot. I've just watched Tyler Kolick in in enough big games to know that 
I just I can't get there. See, Tennessee, that's the thing. Connect, we really haven't seen him in big games, but he's one of the guys that I trust. Like, game on the line, he can, he can will his team to a victory. Um, Duke's interesting, man. Like, they got a senior point guard in Roach. Filipowski's a pro. Proctor's a pro. I mean, the freshman that they got's really good. Um, and, and again, like this is the time of the year, Shire's team two years in a row, like they start to play really well, North Carolina, like, I get it. I get why you like them. They're probably gonna have the ACC player of the year in RJ Davis. Baycott's been there forever. The transfers that they brought in, they can shoot. They defended so well in December and January. Like there was no way that that could keep that up, but they're still really good defensively. It actually dropped off a little offensively. Um, but like, what do we do with Hubert Davis, Ken? I mean, the guy makes the title in his first year, should have won it all. Then he becomes the first coach of a team ever to be a preseason number one and not even make the tournament. And it's like, it's kind of like the Kevin Ali thing. It's like, like, what is this guy? You win the title in your first year, you come back, and then we realize that, like, you can't coach. And I don't think Hubert Davis is that. I just, it's like we got one extreme on each end, and I don't know, like, what the middle is with Hubert. Um, and that's that's what kind of worries me about Carolina. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the answer is just we uh, we don't know. We don't know what it is. It's not yeah. certainly not some kind of Tom Izzo <laughs> level of consistency. I guess we put it that no. way. Um, but it's you know, like the still made the title game. Still had like how how did Kansas come back in that game again? How did that happen? <laughs> so it's like how did how did it's just? I mean, they looked at just they looked toast at halftime. And uh, Abaji and McCormick. I mean, they're just like God, Chris Christian. There's there's like there's I remember when Christian Brown played for the Nuggets in not in crunch time, but like in the playoff rotation last year. And I remember thinking like, yeah, I could have seen this coming a little bit. <laughs> not that like, you know, the Carolina game was like the best game he ever played or anything close to it. Like he had other really good games. Um, but just like, I remember being like, oh yeah, like it makes sense that in the NBA, he's like a guy that you actually want at the end of a game, just because like he was on a championship team and looked like McCormick mm-hmm. was the star of that game and, and played really well down the stretch, made like the dagger bucket. But, uh, but I remember that tournament run. Not much, not as much the final. Watching Christian Brown being like, "Oh man, yeah, it's like pretty good." Uh, I don't know. That's the first. The first pick after the ones is interesting, but I think where, where I land on this PJ, and then we can do Saturday after this if you want, because we have we have some openers coming out for some of the games. Mm-hmm. If we're thinking that hard, if it's that tough to think of like who the number one pick is among non one seeds, then and I, you know people listen to the show, I think know this too. Like I, I'm. You know, we've done how many tournament shows have I done? I'm not, I'm not Mr. Pick the One Seeds. I'm not Mr. Like it's got, it has to be the best team. Like it can be somebody else. There's usually someone else. Last year, UConn, UCLA were both non ones. And uh, I just don't see it. I just, uh, I don't, it's actually, a, it's a stretch for any of the teams that we talked about that aren't on one. It's, I think Purdue's not going to win. Like, I mean, it's not even just, it's the ones, it's three of the ones I think can win. It just feels so impossibly top heavy right now. And, uh, and I'm curious if that changes in the next couple of weeks. The year when it was Gonzaga Baylor in the national championship, and it was so yeah. evident that those two teams, does it kind of feel like that where it's like not two, but necessarily three and the gap between those three or four and like everybody else is like, you can't really envision a championship game where like, two of the three aren't represented? So I think yes and no, right? Yes, in that, like, I I think there are three teams, and if you gave me those three versus the field at a reasonable price, 
I would I bet it every time. So in that way, yes. And that year, Gonzaga and Baylor were the two best. They didn't get to play each other in non-conference because of COVID. And then like they did, they finally mm-hmm. got to play in the title game. And they were by far the two best teams. Where the only way I disagree is like both those teams seem better than all these teams. <laughs> like they just yeah, like they that do. that Gonzaga team and that Baylor team. It's this year it's almost like, well, the other teams are so bad. And that year I felt it was like those two were so good. And there were other really good teams, but they were just, they were both monsters. UConn's the only team this year that I'd even like take in it. Not even that I'd bet them in a game against either of those where I'd be like, it'd be close. I feel like mm-hmm. both those teams would just truck these teams. Honestly, like, well, I mean, Houston saw Baylor in the, in the final four that year. And like, that didn't, that, that didn't go good. <laughs> like that was, that was no good. Um, and like, is there, is it really that much different? Uh, UConn, just because of the talent, I guess, would maybe have a shot against both of those. I don't think Arizona would. Houston, maybe. Purdue, no way. Uh, nobody nobody else. So that's the only way I disagree is just it's almost like an insult to how good those the, in, in college basketball history, how good those teams were. And uh, yeah, it just like <laughs> that's just the level of talent on both those rosters was insane. And then the fact that Baylor just actually just worked them in the in the title game was was really crazy. Yeah, no doubt. All right, so Ken and I both like Houston there in the Final Four in the final region. A lot of great stuff there in Locketology. You missed any of it, of course, go check out the You Better You Bet podcast presented by BetMGM. We got a loaded slate tomorrow in College Hoop. Five games involving ranked teams. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Starting at noon Eastern with Florida, South Carolina, and ending 10 o'clock Eastern time with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Ken, as you mentioned, some of these lines are starting to drop. So yeah, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about some of these games and maybe can find some plays that we like. Yeah, sure. So I'll like... You mentioned a couple games already, so I, I could, we can kind of play this as like, tell me what you're interested in, I'll tell you how the market's formed already. So Florida-South Carolina is the earliest of the games that's ranked ranked, I think, and then I can do Kansas-Baylor after that. So Florida-South mm-hmm. Carolina has opened with South uh, South Carolina hosting the game. Uh, South Carolina has opened a two-point favorite with a total of 145. Does, that, does anything about that surprise you? Does that make you want to bet anything? It doesn't. I'm not surprised that South Carolina is a small favorite. Um, 145 seems a little low. I I would think that maybe that total would be a little higher just with the way that Florida can score the ball. Um, South Carolina is a funny team, Ken. Like I've really tried to fade them a lot here in the second half of the season. They're just one of those teams that they just keep finding ways to win. Like all these games that they really shouldn't win. They shouldn't cover. They just continue to win. Um, Florida though is, is, is the better team and they're, and they're playing really well. I mean, if you're giving me a team that I think is clearly better and clearly talented plus the points, I would I would probably go with the Gators. I do think this is a great game to bet live, though. When we get games like this where the spread's really close, and I think that, and I don't think either team's going to get blown out. I think South Carolina being at home will keep it close, and I think Florida just being the better team will also keep it close. So maybe you just wait and bet this game live. You can get a Florida plus like eight and a half, nine and a half, something like that. South Carolina plus six, seven and a half. I think those are great options. If I had to bet the game though on the original line, I would I would lean towards the Gators. Okay. Let me uh let me give you Kansas Baylor and we can at least do that going into the break. And we'll do bets for tonight after the break. Uh we can do a couple other Saturday games too. Uh Baylor in this, this was like almost exactly the opener that I think I Nick and I did this game yesterday. Baylor's open four and a half at home against Kansas. 
and total 145. So same, same total as what we got before South Carolina. Surprised to see Baylor in that range. I'm always surprised to see Kansas as a dog like this, but I, it makes sense given yeah. how the teams have played. It does, and McCullough's not going to play. I will tell you, though, getting Bill definitely Self not going to play. Off- I thought it was. I, I thought it was like murky. I thought it was like maybe he's going to play. We did. I looked at. I looked this up this morning again. I thought it was like. I. I think he's not going to play too. But I don't think it's like a done deal yet. Just to be clear. Okay. Yeah. Well, certainly if he does, I'd really like Kansas in the game. Either way, I kind of like him. Getting Bill Self off off of a home loss is is pretty attractive to me. I'm not going to lie. Just like he's not in right. that spot often. You know what I mean? It's like how many times does Kansas lose at home? Not. Not. Not a lot. Um. And for all the good things that we said about Baylor and all the bad things we said about Kansas, like this is just one of those like rah-rah spots where you just kind of rally the troops. I feel like all of these games that these teams have played over the last couple of years when like now that Baylor's really gotten to like national relevancy, Kansas seems to always play them really well in Waco. Um, and getting them off that home loss, I just think it's a good spot. So I would lean Kansas plus the points there as well. We'll go through a couple more of the games, wrap up the show, give out some best bets. You better you bet presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Ken Barkley. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Wrapping up the show, wrapping up the week. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley. Myself, Ken, will be back Monday and Tuesday for some more content here on You Better You Bet. Nick back on Wednesday. So enjoying a nice vacation there. But Ken, uh, this college basketball slate that we have tomorrow, really, really good. We went through a couple of the games. Some other games that really jumped out to me. Wisconsin tomorrow, short home favorites against Illinois. Uh, I normally don't bet against Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. Really good team. One of these unranked home teams who are favored against a ranked road team. I think Wisconsin's in a good spot there. Illinois' offense is really, really good. Uh, maybe take the over in that game. If you like Wisconsin, I think it's correlated. They're going to have to score if they want to beat Illinois. It's a high total, 155.5, but I kind of like that over. I like the Badgers on the money line as well. My favorite three games are probably all at uh, at night. Two games at 8 o'clock and then the one 10 p.m. game. Michigan State might be my favorite bet tomorrow against Purdue. I think Purdue should probably be favored like 13.5 tomorrow, something like that. I'm seeing like nine and a half right now. Something that's been really profitable for me here these last couple weeks is when I go on Ken Palm, I look at how many points these he the Ken Palm has these teams rated than an average team. And then obviously you, you divide the difference, right? So on a neutral floor, Purdue is 10 points better than Michigan State. You give them like four and a half points for home court. Purdue should be favored by like 14 and a half. Instead, they're only nine and a half. When I've been seeing games like that, where they're like five, six points off of what they should be. I've been taking the dog, and it's been uh, it's been extremely profitable. We have a game like that tonight that I'll get into in a little bit. But Michigan State is that game for me tomorrow. I like them, plus the points. Tennessee and Bama is going to be a heck of a basketball game. Tennessee's better, but Alabama is so good. It's tough to beat a team twice in the same year. Tennessee beat Bama by 20 earlier this year. Um 
Auburn also beat Bama by 20 earlier this year in Auburn. When these two teams played in Tuscaloosa, Bama escaped with a four-point victory. They didn't play good, but they they managed to win. I think that's a great game to bet live just because of how good Bama is offensively and how bad they are defensively. The swings in that game, the 10-0, 12-2, 13-4 runs that you're going to see are going to be in like two, two two-and-a-half-minute spans with how both teams want to push the pace and go up and down. So I think it's a great game to bet live. Try and get a good number with either side that you want. Um, If I had to pick, though, I do think Bama's probably going to win that game. I would take them on the money line. And then I also like Gonzaga a lot tomorrow against St. Mary's. Um, St. Mary's is trying to go undefeated in conference play, which is really hard to do. And obviously Gonzaga is a standard in that league. They already beat them in Spokane earlier this season. They're trying to sweep them. And we talked about it with Gonzaga way early in the show. They could be an 11 seed with the right draw potentially. That could do some damage. Their big man, Graham E.K., scored 20-plus points in six straight games. They're starting to play play well at the, at the right time. So these games are always close with the Gales. Maybe take the Zags plus the points because it certainly could be a one- or two-point game. But uh, I do I do like Gonzaga as well. So Michigan State, probably my favorite play, like Gonzaga, Wisconsin also. Those are a couple others that jumped out to me. Ken, what about you? Anything that caught, catch your eye for tomorrow? Yeah, there's a there's three markets that I just think are interesting. Less of like like you watch these teams so much more than I do, and I uh, – I kind of can't keep up when I when I when I try to do like the X's and O's and kind of an analytical stuff and and you you follow the team so closely but just from like a market standpoint the the three that look really interesting to me like teams in unfamiliar situations whatever it is it's worth mentioning the Kentucky market tomorrow look like Arkansas has had a pretty rough year this is not like one of the best teams in the SEC Kentucky also does not play a lot of conference games where they are expected to absolutely truck the opponent and they don't play defense very much. They've opened 14 against Arkansas. It would just be interesting. Like I know in other sports, NBA and NFL, especially like you're really not interested in laying a lot of points with a team that can't defend at all in the NBA. This is like, Oh, like this is why the bucks failed to cover so often in the first half of the season. Like they just, their defense was just abominable, even though their talent was really good. And you would always just bet the dog is a really big favorite or a big, yeah, big number against them. You'd be right. The Pacers, when they're favored by a lot, this is true. Kentucky like strikes me as that kind of a team. Like I, I would just say, like you know, I don't know enough to make the bet really confidently. I'd just be curious if they would cover a like not a not like a double digit number, like a really big number in a conference game in an early start. It just kind of seems a little interesting. So again, just a market mm-hmm. that's funny. Two others that stand out. Minnesota covers like every single number this year, but they're a dog or a small favorite in a lot of games that they play. They're six and a half. This is actually like a game, for the first time, this is a game they absolutely should win. Uh, they're home against Penn State and they've opened a six and a half. So it's just, again, like here's a team where everybody knows one thing about the team. They cover every number in every game that they play in, but they're in, again, an unfamiliar type of situation, a setup where they're supposed to win by margin. Hasn't really been how a lot of their games have been projected this year. Like, again, you'd be curious if that, uh, continued and then a side total combo. I I used to get really excited for games between these teams. Less so now because one of them is really not as good as they were before. Virginia and Duke are playing at Cameron tomorrow. That's at six o'clock. And these used this used to be. I mean, like the years where Virginia was really good. This was like number one and number two in the country almost when they would play each other. It'd be a huge deal. Duke has opened nine with a total of one twenty seven, and uh, and like I I see that and I'm immediately like. I mean, I'm putting Virginia and the under in for something together as some kind of correlated part, mm-hmm. like just in a really low total, like every under game there, Virginia covers. So I just, you know, I just, again, like three, 
it's not even about the teams necessarily, or like if you've watched them play, who their best players are, how they match up, just like markets that I think are really interesting. Like I, so again, like, would you bet Kentucky to cover a big number tomorrow? Probably not. This Duke, this Duke Virginia total is just like staring me in the face where I want to bet Virginia in the under parlayed. Uh, and then Minnesota, the team that always covers, but they're in a really unfamiliar situation spread wise. Would you bet them? Look, hey, they cover every number. Would you bet them to win by eight tomorrow in a game? Like they have to do that for you to win your bet. Again, something like a little different than what we've been seeing. Yeah, I like it. I really like that uh, Virginia look, and uh, I also like the uh, the Minnesota look. I think those are two good plays right there. All right, time for the dope-ass beat. Here, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Over at BetMGM, once a day, you can play the free BetMGM fast break for a chance to win daily prizes. Play as the point guard. Choose to either pass to Kevin Garnett, Jalen Rose, or take it to the hoop yourself. If you score, you win a prize. Details can be found on betmgm.com. Download the BetMGM app and start winning with the king of sportsbooks. Also, download the BetQL app for all the tools you need to take down the sportsbooks, including five-star plays over 238.5 in the Pacers and the Pelicans. Ken, I know you've got some thoughts in the NBA for tonight, so uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, and you had a you had a college bet too. I don't. I won't take the whole time here. You had something you like tonight in college basketball, right? So, um, yep. Hockey. I'm hockey. I'm gonna take the night off. These we've had these alternating nights of like fourteen games, two games, thirteen games, three games, and it doesn't mean you can't bet the night where there's like three games. Just you know, there's just not a lot going on in some of these games. The Flyers got bet on hard against Washington because I think Washington's gonna be without about six players. But uh, I don't really like that game. I would maybe bet Washington now that it's like plus one forty. But NBA. Uh, a few things stand out. This, I can't believe I'm starting with this game. I, I don't know if I want to say this. I don't know if the Sixers can beat anybody by 13. I don't know if that's even like something that's in their arsenal with how they're playing right now. It's at least tough to imagine, no matter how bad Charlotte is and Brandon Miller is not playing tonight. Like, this is why we have the number that we have. It's just like who the Sixers are. They're playing without Ubre and DeAnthony Melton still. So, like... It's like shorthanded Sixers, huge point spread, like low energy game. I feel like maybe the Hornets could cover a number there somehow. They're in a terrible fatigue spot. They lost by about 90 to the Bucks and then lost again. I, I kind of like the 12 with Charlotte. That famous last words. I like that game. Uh, I like the Pacers a lot in the rematch. No one likes them in this game because they won the first game, which is a really dumb reason to not like a team. But like... They're going to get Aaron Neesmith probably back tonight. CJ McCollum's out for the Pelicans. Pelicans have gotten bet out anyway in a rematch. These two teams played a couple days ago. We bet Indiana four. We were right. So now we're going to switch home court, and we're going to move the spread nine and a half points, and McCollum's going to be out. It seems a little perplexing to me. I think the Pacers might just be good in an underdog spot here. Uh, I like them to play another really good game against New Orleans, which I don't think is that bad. Could be wrong, but like do do like that number. Uh, and then I'm going to play on the Bucks which I have only done a couple times on this streak, and Nick's played them every game. Uh, I've only played them a couple times. Four at Chicago, who's off the win of the millennium against Cleveland in double overtime the other night. And uh, you get a really small number here with the Bucks playing as well as they're playing. Four, four and a half on the road at Chicago. I like that too. So three bets. Uh, Charlotte plus the points, which is just the absolute hold your nose of the of the week. Um Pacers in the rematch where I don't think anybody really wants them and the numbers getting bet out and then Milwaukee four against Chicago. If I had to bet the Boston Dallas game, which is like the game of the night uh, with Luca going to Boston, who obviously plays so well at home, best team in the league this year. 
I think I would actually lay Boston if I had to bet that game. Dallas on the road and against quality of competition hasn't really gone great. They don't defend at a high level. They gave up a ton of open shots to Indiana on the road the other night. Boston's whole offense is like drive and kick, generate threes. I think Dallas's defense is going to have a really, really hard time in this game. So maybe they can keep it close because Luka's just that good. But like, crowd will be way into it. Kyrie's in town. This is a type of team that I think Dallas would have a lot of problems with defending. So if you had to bet that game, I would lay Boston. It's eight and a half. So like, you know, cat's out of the bag on that a little bit already. But like Boston a little bit there. All right, nice. I actually do have an NBA bet that I like, too. I'm laying the 16-and-a-half with the Clippers against the Wizards. Second night of back-to-back for the what Wizards. What a funny they game. They went to overtime. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be a fun yeah, game. 16-and-a-half. Right. Yeah. I mean, second night of back-to-back for Washington, Ken. They went to overtime against the Lakers. The Clippers are arrested. I, if they want to, they, they can beat the Wizards by 30 points, and I think they will. So I'll take the Clippers in a big one. And then in college, I'll go the other way and take a big underdog. I'll take Air Force plus the points against Utah State. I think this number should be a lot bigger, so I think there are a lot of smart people that are on Air Force. They upset New Mexico last week as dogs right in the similar range, 17-and-a-half, 18-and-a-half. I think they can keep it close against Utah State. And then for tomorrow, really like Michigan State against Purdue. And then, Ken, I really like the two plays that you laid out. Virginia, I like, and Arkansas against Kentucky. I think those are two good looks, too. Going to be a great day of college basketball. Everybody, enjoy the weekend. Ken and I back on Monday talking more college basketball. I got a homework assignment for Monday. I got to look up. I got to look conference tournaments. Final month of the season. You play great going into your conference tournament. Does that make you more likely to win? We'll see. I love it. And conference tournaments also start next Monday. We get like yep. those first, okay. like the uh, Ohio Valley, yeah. American East. I think those. Yeah. yeah, MEAC, exactly. All that all that good stuff starting. It is March, everybody. Enjoy it. Have a great weekend. For Ken Barkley, I'm PJ Glasser. We'll see you Monday. And uh, BetMGM tonight coming up next with, with Trista and Nick. Thanks for listening to You Better You Bet. Up next, it's BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.